Bitcoin is at an extremely key level right now. So as investors, it is time to prepare and get our watch list ready and start looking at the altcoins that we want to potentially accumulate to take advantage of potential upside. And of course, if Bitcoin does get a breakdown here, we also need to know what are the coins that are A, going to hold up the best and two, going to provide the best opportunities for potential accumulation. So in today's show, I'm of course going to be going over the charts and explaining to you guys where I think we currently sit, but I'm also going to be going through the strongest narratives that I'm seeing in the market and the strongest coins in each one of those narratives to help you position a potential watch list to take advantage of upside if it comes. It's important as investors to be prepared and I am going to give you some levels that I'm looking at buying some of these altcoins today and also looking at some potential trade opportunities. So make sure you smash the likes if you're here. Thank you to everyone that joined on Sunday. We had an amazing stream where I streamed for six hours um, and we unpacked some absolute gems. Some of them ended up pumping. Some of our trades ended up not working out, but it was all um, a, a, a whole lot of fun. And yeah, I really enjoyed hanging out with you guys then. So shout out to the ones that watched then and are back today. But today we have some major, major updates because it has been a wild week. We've had multiple retests of the 25K region and we keep getting rejected from this level. But in my opinion, as long as Bitcoin can continue to exhibit bullish momentum within this range, as you can see, we can draw the trend line up here. We continue to make higher lows. As long as we continue to knock on the door of 25K, the likelihood of us breaking 25K becomes higher and higher and higher. And we know above 25K, we have those higher price targets towards the 26 to the 28K region that can come very, very quick. But the important thing to note is that there is a massive sell wall that is constantly rejecting Bitcoin every time it hits 25K. And there is a lot of shorts loading. So that means, of course, if Bitcoin can break above, then you could potentially see some sort of short squeeze where the price rapidly ascends due to the amount of um, shorts being potentially liquidated. But then you also have a scenario where, look, it becomes very, very hard to break and it's going to need a little bit of a catalyst, maybe some sort of news push to get that explosive breakthrough. So it is a critical moment for the Bitcoin price at the moment. Um, and I would say heading into a week, which is quite important with CPI or FOMC, um, the latest FOMC press conference coming out tomorrow, then on Friday getting PCE data, and then a whole lot of political tensions with um, you know, Russia, Ukraine, etc. There's certainly a lot of stuff that can move this market um, for the better or for the worse. So it's important as investors to keep our eye on the market right now. And I will give you a plan for how I'm potentially looking at accumulating some altcoins because since we're in an uptrend, for me, dips are still for buying until we get full invalidation of the trend. And obviously that would result in firstly, the break of this diagonal here. Um, and then secondly, the break of the 23.3 uh, region that would start to invalidate um, at least my short uh, two to three week um, thesis. Unless we get that, then I am looking at taking advantage of dips solely um, because I want to position myself for a potential breakout. Remember, I trade with less than um, probably 10% of my total crypto portfolio. So you have to weight it accordingly. But um, I'm certainly not going all in right now. I'm certainly not uh, accumulating long-term crazy spot bags right now. I'm solely trying to narrative trade and take advantage of um, the not only the, the hot coins in the market, but a potential um, move to the upside. So let's have a look in the shorter term how Bitcoin can potentially move. I think the first thing that I'm looking at is the DXY. So we know the dollar index being adversely correlated to Bitcoin is an extremely important metric to observe. And we can see that we're currently approaching a pretty strong resistance on the dollar. And if the dollar does get rejected here, then I think that may give Bitcoin some 
fuel to push up towards its range high. Now, of course, the FOMC is going to have um, a big say in terms of um, how the dictate DXY moves in terms of price. However, we can see we're approaching resistance. And, um, you know, although we may push up a little bit to the 1045 region, which may result in a tiny bit more downside for Bitcoin, then the DXY, I mean, it would take a lot of strength to push above this 105 region. So that is something to keep your eye on. I mean, if, that, if a rejection happens there, that's very good. And then also the thing I'm keeping my eye on is the Bitcoin dominance, which looks to be making an inverse um, head and shoulders pattern right now. So we see the left shoulder coming up here in the dominance, which saw a spike of up to 45%. Then we saw a drawdown, which resulted in the head um, of the pattern being... Um, being etched, which came in at 43%. And then we saw the right shoulder at 44%. And now it looks like we're getting that second dip. So dominance also approaching, and if we get rid of this pattern here, you'll see it more clearly, approaching key um, resistance. Now, of course, it can flip resistance into support, and then that would result in, um, you know, probably a broader market correction as Bitcoin increases versus alts. However, we are currently at a huge resistance point for dominance. And if this pattern does play out, then we can see um, a breakdown and another leg to the downside. So that is something that I'm keeping my eye on because let's say dominance starts to really break down here and then we get a retest of this key level and then we start making our way to the downside. That is my indicator that I want to start getting more heavy into alts. For now, I'm just going slowly, you know, small DCAs, positioning myself in some coins that I think are undervalued, taking it pretty easy. But when we start seeing those signs, which is obviously um, the push up and, and the consolidation above range high for Bitcoin, also in tandem with what is likely going to be um, a bearish retest for Bitcoin dominance and then a push to the downside, you know, that's my signal to start going heavier on alts, just to give you an idea of my plan. But I am starting to um, position myself, uh, you know, slowly but surely in um, during some of these dips to make sure I have adequate exposure. If we do hit our upside targets, um, you know, I don't want to be left completely out of the market. So that's what today's video is about, identifying some of the strongest narratives and trades. So the first thing I want to do is go over two altcoin trades. And then after that, I'll go into some of the more narrative-based stuff based on, of course, the China altcoins, which have been ripping um, some of the, you know, ZK stuff, which has been performing strongly. Give you some updates on my plans there with some price targets. The first thing I want to talk about is, of course, Matic, because they did have massive layoffs yesterday, which caused a lot of fun and did result in the Matic price coming down 12 to 14%. Now, Polygon's had obviously insane growth over the last couple of years, not only in its ecosystem development, but also um, in its amount of developers, its amount of staff, its biz dev team. It's just been growing and growing and growing. And I think it got to the point where they just could not sustain uh, a rapid increase in continuous hiring of fresh labor and fresh um, capital. And it they ended up making the decision to start to withdraw um, some of that labor that they, had, that they had acquired. So Polygon did decide to lay off 20% of their staff, which obviously isn't a good sign um, because, you know, it, it means that they are either A, projecting some sort of downturn financially or B, overhired in the first place. And as a big company, that's something you never want to do. So obviously it's not a good sign, but... Some of the fight on Twitter, I think, was maybe a little bit overblown um, because this is pretty normal for this stage in the economic cycle. I mean, we're seeing Facebook make layoffs. We're seeing Amazon make layoffs, Google make layoffs. Um, Apple haven't yet, but, you know, that's something that may come. So for a Web3 company, which is facing probably more headwinds, like every Web3 company versus traditional tech, it does make sense. Um, but I, I sort of think it's all doom and gloom. So in terms of this pullback, it is one considering Maddox's relative strength in recent times, its relation to the ZK narrative that I am looking at buying. 
We did have on the daily that huge breakout above range high at $1.30. That was obviously our first indicator that, okay, Matic is definitely in a bull trend and this has potential upside targets towards the $2 region. So going into like the four hourly chart, now that we know we've confirmed above range high, we can start buying these confirmation dips. So the first dip probably comes in at the 134 to 136 region um, to 137. It depends, you know, how, how you want to personally play it. Of course, the more leverage you use, the more picky you're going to have to be on your dip buying. Like if you want to buy a spot, you can ladder in. I don't have any problems with that. Um, like it's much less risky or using even two, three X leverage. It's much less risky than if you're going with a 10 X leverage long, then you have to be aware that, yeah, we can come down and test range highs and then you'll get stopped out or get um, liquidated if, if that is the case. So if you're using super high leverage, I wouldn't start building a huge position now at, at 138, 137. You can, you can consider laddering in though. Um, if you're more on the spot side of things. And then, of course, once we go back down to range highs, if that does happen, it doesn't always happen. Um, we don't always get full corrections, but if we do get the luxury of a full correction here on Matic, then, of course, I will look to um, maybe make some more buys at 130, and then I'll have my stop probably in the 125 region because that's invalidation of the thesis, which is a higher time frame breakout of the 130 region. Um, which has those upwards price targets. So that's my plan with Matic. Of course, Matic does have ZK EVM coming on March 27th. So there's lots to be excited about in the Matic ecosystem. Solana is an interesting one. Um, I did take a breakout long here, got stopped out. Uh, so the first actual breakout was invalidated, um, which is okay because you don't always get it on the first time. But I do think on the second or third attempt here, Poly um, not Polygon, Solana does have significant upside. So we do have that, those targets of 38 to $40 and then on the higher end, 48 to 50 $50 of upside if we get a successful breakout. What do I mean by a successful breakout? Well, there's three key things right now and they're all in confluence. So this is a really, really, really important time for Solana. There is firstly the 200 MA on the daily as you guys know, one of my favorite indicators that we are currently bouncing off. You can see if we zoom in um, on the daily chart, we are getting a bounce. It's extremely, um, extremely fickle times for Solana. So there's a big decision to make at the moment. If we get a bounce and a consolidation above this diagonal trend, that would also um, be bullish confirmation. So you see this trend um, or almost this like price channel we've been in since um, May, uh, continuously making you know lower highs, lower highs, lower highs, lower highs. That is starting to, to break out or at least you know attempting to break out. It did get rejected on the first attempt. And then, of course, you also have this um, very, very key horizontal level at $25 to $26, which we got previously rejected at. We had, we had, we had a fake out, um, and then we, we went back into the channel. That is a very key level to, to break as well. So for me, if Solana breaks all three of these indicators and retests, then that is a bullish sign. That's an indicator that you know we can start laddering into positions. And I may even look to ladder into to a position of the initial breakout of this diagonal because, you know, we have two of our three indicators at that point um, that, that are starting to tick bullish, the 200 MA and the diagonal. So, yeah, this one's hard because if you're using super high leverage, um, you know, there can be multiple rejections. So I would probably go in with slightly, like, I wouldn't, highly leveraged trade this maybe it's like a decent spot zone maybe just like a three to five x leverage zone look it all depends on your risk tolerance how you trade of course um you know you guys know i have different um different allocations for my long-term uh, portfolio and different allocations for my short-term portfolio and my short-term portfolio is like sub 10 percent of my long term so theoretically if i get wiped out day trading it shouldn't affect the long-term stuff too much so you have to make sure you keep that adequate balance um and if you're starting to get a little bit too short-term um, and, and overexposed in the short term, then you know maybe you want to look at repositioning the timeframes on your holds if Solana is a, a, a project that you like holding long term. So it really depends um, on your scenario in terms of you know how you go in with size and leverage on a trade like this. 
um, and I would never suggest anyone goes too stupid. But, um, you know, definitely there is pretty strong upside price potential for Solana if we do get a confirmed breakout here. So that is definitely um, something that I'm looking at. Remember, if you do want to trade, you can do so on OKX. If you trade, you get a chance to, I'm sorry, if you just sign up for an account, deposit $50, you get a chance to open one of these mystery boxes. Technically, you can win up to $10,000. Although, as we can see here, this guy only got $5. So the chance of you winning 10 k is pretty low, but there's still a tiny, tiny chance. So if you do um, want to, I guess, try your luck on a mystery box, there's a link in the description. And of course, um, it's also a great exchange to trade on. Just a reminder as well, there's only eight days to go in the Rolex giveaway. So if you're not involved with that, that's over on Bybit and BitGet. Um, all you have to do is sign up for a link in the description. Make sure you're in the Discord and open a trade. So if you open a trade, that's one entry, 100 trades, 100 entries, etc. You guys know the drill. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, but thought I'd just remind you with eight days to go that that is still the case. So links in the description to BitGet or Bybit if you want the Rolex giveaway and of course, OKX for the mystery box. Let's get on with some of the hot narratives that I'm looking at um, potentially accumulating during these dips. And this isn't really a massive dip. The first thing I want to say is, look, I see a lot of people get very overwhelmed in terms of, you know, two to 3% corrections or two to 3% pumps in this market. But, you know, we do have to take a step back and just realize these swings in the scheme of things are extremely small. Like we had this massive move up from 21K all the way to 25K. You know, that is realistically quite a big move. That's a 16% move. What we're seeing at the moment, they're not big moves at all. We're actually consolidating um, right below the range high and they're only really 2% swings. So anyone that's changing their thesis and going super bullish on one day as we approach 25 and the super bearish on the next day as we um, go back to 24.4, you know, that, that, in my opinion, that's very um, irrational because the percentage moves are actually quite small. And we do typically know that consolidation does lead to big breakouts. Like if we contextualize this on the daily chart, we can see, I mean, this is just bound to break out to one side or the other. So of course, the altcoins that I'm going to be talking about now, they're the ones that you want to take, um, keep your eye on if you, we break to the upside. Because the, the strongest narratives in the market at the end of the day, they're going to outperform. If Bitcoin breaks 25, consolidates, um, and then looks for those upside targets, 26 um, to, to 28K, then, of course, the strongest narratives, they're going to be the ones that perform and they're the ones we'll, we'll look at today. Um, and, but similarly, if we break down, um, you, you, you know, you, you don't want to be exposed, exposed to the laggards. You don't, you don't want to be exposed to the projects that um, are potentially going to have huge downside. So it's a fine line. You have to kind of get the balance right um, and look for coins that, you know, A, have, uh, you know, you're getting into a good level after a retrace and not buying into a huge pump and B, have enough catalyst to underpin some sort of demand so you don't get completely wiped out on a rejection. But look, if we do break, um, get rejected, and then actually have a full Bitcoin breakdown, you know, then we do have invalidation levels. This isn't just a long and strong thesis forever because there is a chance we get negative news this week and we do break down. So that's why, for me, this is a DCA approach. I have my multiple horizontals where um, I DCA. Of course, you know, I'd love us to hold um, in this range here, get some DCAs in around the 24 to 24.5 region. Um, but then you've also got the 24 region and the 23 three region um, as decent zones um, to look at laddering in. And then, of course, the, we did have the previous range that we were in between 22.3 and 23.2, which still could technically hold. Like, I'm not ruling out the possibility that, you know, we do break down. Let's just say this is something we do. We come down, we test, we have some fake outs, we bounce, and um, we get sucked in, and then we come back into this range. Although that technically is not what we want to see, and that significantly reduces the likelihood of a short-term breakout 
past 25k technically that can be consolidation before a next wave to the upside so you do have to have a plan where okay i'm not all in on alts because i need cash for um if we come down to to try my luck there um because yeah it can, we can always go we can always go lower and there's no reason to ape in um when we're essentially approaching resistance, right? So always have enough cash on the side to take advantage of dips. That's always my number one, um, number, number, number one tip in this market. So, okay, if you if your plan is to buy dips, if that's your thesis, um, or if your thesis is, and I think this is equally as valid, um, to wait for a break of range high and then on consolidation, start looking at um, accumulating some of the strongest old coins. What are those strongest old coins? That's really our question that we have to answer right now. Um, I did a thread on this the other day, but I want to give you guys a little more insight into some of the strongest ones in this thread and then give you price levels for some of these projects. The first one, ZK. I think with Polygon ZK EVM launch in late March, then heading into ZK Sync's token launch, then heading into StarkNet's token launch. Although a lot of these ZK protocols have run and maybe run disproportionately, I think there is still room here, especially in a bullish market for ZK to continue to outperform. So there's two that are on my list. I think Mina fundamentally is one of the strongest. So this is one of them. We can see in terms of price action that we currently have had a, a, a very nice um, pullback, a nice healthy correction. So to all of you um, that wanted to ape in at 120, I think this is a good thing. We can start to FOMO a little bit less um, and you know start to look at some really nice entries. Of course, I would love to see this hold 95 cents. Potentially, this is an okay DCA zone, but realistically, um, the 84 cent level is going to be um, probably a, a higher risk reward zone because that was the previous high in November pre-FTX. So that is a very key level that I'm looking at on Mina. Um, IMX as well. I mean, you've got multiple, you've got Dusk, You've got LRC, you've got Syscoin. At the end of the day, you've got to pick your favorites from each narrative. I'm just giving you a couple of mine. Um, I do like IMX because it has kind of multiple narratives behind it. Um, it runs off the ZK narrative. It's L2 as well. Um, and it's also gaming. So if gaming catches a bid, this can run in the context of gaming as well, which is kind of why I like it. I like projects that expose themselves to multiple potential catalysts, which I think IMX has. Currently getting rejected on the daily off this level. I am now seeing a pullback to the um 93 cent level so that's where i'd start getting more interested in imx like a lot of these protocols they've run up significantly so we want to wait for the cool off before we look at any sort of long entry um of course like big cool off or big breakout one or the other you don't want to get trapped in no man's land so that's the level i'm looking at on imx the second narrative i'm looking at is lsd so liquid staking derivatives i still think two, there's two major catalysts for this narrative there's one the upcoming shanghai upgrade and there's two the SEC regulatory crackdown on centralized staking. Now, the market is not completely fading point number two yet. Of course, this was last week's big news and now everyone seems to forget about it. But in terms of price action of a lot of these projects, you can tell that the market hasn't forgotten. The first region, the reason why we can tell the market hasn't forgotten is because of Ethereum. Ethereum's price action has been shit. I'll be completely honest. It, it hasn't been as good as Bitcoin. Um, it looks a lot weaker than Bitcoin on the retest and it's, and it's dumped harder on um, on the rejections as well. So Ethereum's price action does not look as, as good as Bitcoin. And I think that is because there are some concerns related to the SEC crackdown. So the market hasn't really forgotten. And although like I love Ethereum long-term, it's my biggest long-term position. Um, and, you know, of course it's a token that tends to lead alts and I like to trade. Um, ETH doesn't have the relative strength right now. And that just goes to show, I think the market is pricing in some of this regulatory stuff um, still into the market because, you know, it's still an ongoing concern. We don't know when the next SEC headline is going to come out. So 
given the context of the regulatory crackdown, given the context of the upcoming Shanghai upgrade, which will allow uh, redemptions on the beacon chain for stake derivatives, I think the liquid staking market is is going to continue to be a strong one. Um, and there's two projects in this narrative. First, you've got Frax. As I mentioned with IMX, I love altcoins that have multiple catalysts. Frax obviously has that decentralized stablecoin catalyst. So with BUSD's Paxos um, sanction, and also with some of the rumors around Circle and USDT, I think we need de- decentralized stablecoins. So you've got, you know, Curve USD stablecoin coming, Aave's GHO stablecoin coming. They're obviously ones I'm excited for, but they're upcoming. Right now, um, you've, you've already got Frax. And this is why I like Frax in tandem with the, the, the strong growth it's seen in the LSD sector. I think they've been the fastest growing ETH staking derivative on the markets. That's one reason why I've got my eye on Frax. Now, Frax actually is a, a good one to trade. Why is it a good one to trade? Because we have a very clear range. In fact, too much of a clear range. So Frax, I know this is FXS, this is Frax share, but stop acting like your your brother or sister Frax the stablecoin because that's exactly how it's been trading at the moment. Um, it's, instead of being pegged to $1, it's pegged to $10. Um, so, you know, we're seeing this clear range for Frax, but to be honest, it does make it easy to trade um, because you buy the bottom of the range and you sell the top of the range, or at least you accumulate on the bottom of the range and then you de-risk on the top of the range. If, you know, if you've traded with leverage, then de-risking makes more sense than spot. But yeah, we did have a deviation above. Um, this deviation happened when the, when the news broke around the BUSD stablecoin. But apart from that um, deviation, very, very clear range with tests all the way back since um, early January or, you know, mid-January and then, um, you know, a continuation of uh, consolidation here. So what I would do in terms of fracks, and this is actually what I'm personally doing, of course, none of this is financial advice. You have to make your own investment decisions. I can just tell you what I'm interested on. I may be an idiot, but, you know, this is just this is just what I'm doing. I'm looking at accumulating fracks between um, 9.6 and 9.9. So just under $10. I think we're in a decent pocket because you do have confluence of the horizontal, which is at 9.5. So if you could get um, a- an entry right at the bottom there, that's great because then you could set your stop below potentially. Um, but it, you know, if you're buying spot, it doesn't really matter as much. And also you do have potentially, and I say potentially because this trend line isn't very v- developed yet, but potentially um, another higher low um, coming in. And this would result in a bounce of around the 9.6 region if we do come down over the next couple of days. So we're getting closer with my frax entry, but I don't really want to buy mid-range. Buying mid-range is like a recipe for disaster because either we pump to the top of the range, I make money, or I instantly am down like 5% because we pop, we go to the bottom of the range. So I'd like to make a confirmation bet at the bottom of the frax range. And then Lido is the exact same. Um, except it it has had um, extreme deviation above its previous range high because it's just had you know more relative strength being slightly more synonymous with the Shanghai upgrade and the LSD narrative than Frax is. So I think the Lido is still a great project and this is one of my long term positions as well. Um, but in the short term, I think still has still has some upside, especially as I said. A lot of this market relies on Bitcoin, but if Bitcoin breaks 25K, then the strongest narratives, they're going to perform. And Lido is definitely one of them. So I would love to see a pullback into the 9.5, um, sorry, the 2.5, not 9.5, the 2.5 region. And that would be the bottom um, of the previous uh, of the previous range. So this is definitely somewhere that I would be interested in buying Lido. Let's talk about Perp Dexes now for a second, because Perp Dexes are hot and Perp Dexes are also one of the strongest performing sectors well, over the last six months, but we've continued to see um, forks and derivatives and new sort of um, perpdex iterations come into the market and perform quite strongly. So I want to give you my update on a few of the newer ones that I'm looking at because, okay, GMX has been fantastic. 
That's been a great trade. GNS has been amazing. Like you guys know, I've been talking about that since what September last year when it was a dollar forty. Now it's uh, ten dollars. It was also fourteen dollars last week. So GNS was pro- has probably been my best dollar trade of the last um, you know many many months. So that's been a fantastic one. And congrats to everyone that was in GNS. But there is more opportunities in this space. And although it's getting more saturated and it's getting more vampire and what I mean by vampire is, is we kind of have these vampire attacks of protocols trying to like suck liquidity out of other protocols by crazy emissions. And it's a very competitive market because there is just a lot of hype around this and not only from the retail side, but also from the developer side. I feel like there's this FOMO to like create perp dexes right now. But I still think there's opportunities off the back of that because you are seeing some genuine improvements on GNS and GMX starting to come to market. Um, and also you're getting some uh, deployments on chains which didn't have perp dexes which needed them. For example, perp dexes on Phantom and strong perp dexes on BSC, whereas GMX and GNS, obviously Arbitrum and Polygon based, didn't really take advantage of those communities. So here are a couple of the new ones I'm seeing. Just keep just keep in mind, I'm not going super heavy on these. This is just something, this is just like little trades that I think could potentially perform well because perp dexes have been hot. And if we get a Bitcoin breakout, I think they'll continue to, to perform well. So one of them is Vela. Um, Vela's down 16% today, which is great because I wanted to buy this at $2 and I actually called it to one of my friends in a group chat at $2 and I didn't buy it and I was feeling terrible when it was $8, but it has started to come down, which is good. Um, and they do have an airdrop at the moment. So basically, if you want to get the airdrop, you can start trading on the Vela exchange, um, but we're seeing a lot of wash trading over there. And what this means is, you know, a lot of people... Like say you've got $50,000, but you want an airdrop, you know that the more you trade, the bigger your airdrop's going to be. So instead of just letting your $50 sit in a wallet, you open like a super low low leverage trade or you open a high leverage trade and and you instantly close it. Sure, you you pay the the fees in the short term. So you might lose $1,000, but then you know you've washed... 50k worth of trading volume through the platform and on you know 5x leverage that's actually a quarter million dollars worth of trading volume through the platform so we're seeing a lot of people wash trade so yeah put capital through take a small loss on the fees but bolster up their trading numbers for a potential airdrop so it is competitive but if you do want to take part in the airdrop like i'm not going to tell you not to you can if you want it just i don't, I just don't think it's going to be massive um now because if you're starting now you're starting late but i still think you know there is a little opportunity here but in terms of the vela um, the Vela Exchange, um, the Vela Exchange airdrop. What we often see is airdrops come to market, dump a bunch of supply on the market, then we get that initial huge spike of hype, and then we get that dump. So, like even Blur did this on a smaller time frame. It had that pump and then that dump. But more obvious examples would be Aptos, um, and another example of this would be Optimism. Right? You did have that dump after the airdrop. So, I think Vela has enough hype for this not to be a huge dump, but I still wouldn't buy pre-dump. So, what I would look for is wait for the airdrop. And this is what I'm doing because I, I just don't want to FOMO in. I've learned my lesson FOMOing in the past. Won't do it again. I'm um, going to wait for the airdrop. Going to see how price consolidates. Uh, it, it may actually rally post airdrop, but that's okay. I'd rather buy into confirmation of, okay, this the fundamentals here are strong in terms of technicals um, instead of buying into kind of rampant speculation. So waiting for the airdrop there and then Vela is what I'm looking at because it actually has a stronger community um, participants wise than GMX. So more Discord and Telegram users. I mean, how much that really matters, I don't know because a lot of people are airdrop farming, but you know, pretty strong presence on Twitter as well. So fairly big project and distinct UI advantages over some of its peers. Like I can't deny the UI is solid. And that's one of the reasons why I'm looking at it. Second one, and this is extremely degen, extremely degen, but I thought I'd put it in anyway. This is MPX. Um, It's a perp on Phantom. I don't really know um, that 
I mean, it's really hard to gauge how it's going to go post-launch. So, like, we just don't exactly know how the trading volume is, is going to pan out. Um, I'm not seeing too much perp deck stuff on Phantom. Of course, we have, like, Mummy Finance and a couple others. But, you know, I just don't know how the community is going to take to it. So, it's a risky one. But for me, it's just super low market cap. And if you think Phantom can continue to perform well, then just off the back of the ecosystem, MPX is what I'm looking at. So it's got the Perpdex narrative. It's also got the Phantom narrative and Phantom's being fairly strong in terms of price. If you guys want to know what's happening over at Phantom, tomorrow, on tomorrow's stream in exactly 24 hours, I'm going to have Michael Kong, the CEO of Phantom, on this show. So you're going to hear it from um, Michael Kong himself, what they're working on, uh, what he's bullish on, what they're trying to fix, what the issues have been, everything. I'm going to ask him some tough questions as well. Um, so make sure to tune in tomorrow for that update because that'll give you a lot more clarity, I think, around the Phantom ecosystem. And I'm pretty excited as well to have a chat to Michael and um, see what's going in over at Phantom. The other perp decks that I'm looking at is Level. Now, this is pretty similar to Vela, except kind of different in the sense that there is a lot of wash trading happening. Um, but I think with level, a lot of the volume also looks manipulated. So I am seeing claims on Twitter as like, as to like, oh, level's doing more volume than GMX, more fees than GMX. And it's got 15 times less of the market cap. And that kind of is a very attractive proposition at face value. Cause you think, oh my God, I'm getting a 15 times better buy buying level than GMX. But like the, but the thing is, like, it's being bootstrapped by emissions, right? So you, so you can't really take that data and and worship it. But what you can do is say, okay, um, maybe 90% of it's wash trading. It's still doing decent volume. Um, it's still, you know, it still looks solid. Maybe this is worth considering entering. Uh, it did also have some exploit, like a, a smaller type exploit over the last couple of weeks. That was something that did FUD the price. Um, we, we need to see how the exploit plans out. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't actually buy any yet because I'm waiting to see how that pans out, waiting to see how price settles, especially in the context of Bitcoin making a decision. But nonetheless, it's one of my watch list um, alongside Vela and MPX, because if um, if some of that FUD starts to dissipate, we see bullish Bitcoin price action. I want to be in some of the perp dexes, and this is one of them obviously being on BSC. So those are just a few. Once again, none of them I'm aping into now. None of them I'm actively buying today, just being fully transparent. These are ones I'm watching. Vela, post airdrop, MPX, um, phantom breakout that's when i'll get into that or you know significant dip but still maintaining price structure of course we'll talk about that tomorrow on the phantom show and then level wait waiting to see how some of the sentiment um some of the sentiment clears out around twitter and also waiting to see what exactly happens um what exactly happens with the trading volume and seeing you know if that starts to come down or if emissions are still enough to keep people on the platform for the next month or two but that's what i'm looking at the, the next narrative i'm looking at is chinese coins i've got two more um, to share with you. And, you know, we've been talking about these for a while as well, but I think it's important to update you guys on what the plan is because the plans change when we when we get um, market movements and plans change when sentiment changes and prices change. So it's important to keep you guys updated. The Chinese coin, um, the Chinese coin narrative has been extremely strong, obviously for a couple of reasons. The first reason being China had its biggest injection of liquidity into its economy um, in a single day in history. So it's the biggest injection they've ever had in a single day of $92 billion worth of USD into the market on Friday. Now, if we compare this to the US, um, which is doing $60 billion in QT per month, then China is printing more money or injecting more money into the economy in a single day than the US is tapering, so taking out of the economy in a single month. 
which is pretty damn crazy. And that's basically the catalyst for why Chinese coins started running. And then you also have the second catalyst, which is Hong Kong being like China, China's closest uh, counterpart in terms of a jurisdiction legalizing crypto trading. So they started with institutional trading and now they're starting to open it up to retail clients. So that is pretty huge for the Chinese narrative and that's why it pumped. And look, I, you really can't fade it. So me saying you can't fade it doesn't mean, okay, let's ape in now. Oh my God, let's ape in after a 5X. No, I, what I'm saying is one, you can't short it. You, you just can't. Well, at least not yet because there's just too much um, too much hype around this, too much speculation around this. Like, who knows? We could get news next week that China rejects another 90 billion and then these will run again. It's similar to AI. You can't short it. What you can do, though, is take profits. And what you can do, though, is trade these coins. So these aren't long-term holds for me. A lot of these fundamentals are extremely dubious. No way I want to hold CFX long-term. No way I want to hold NEO long-term. Freaking NEO is coming in the news again. Or Clayton or any of these, right? They're not two, three-year holds. Like, I'll hold Arweave long-term. I'll hold Ethereum long-term. I'll hold Somatic long-term. I'm not holding these long-term. Let's just get that very, very straight. But, 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 in terms of if we get a Bitcoin breakout and if we see corresponding breakouts on the Chinese altcoins, yes, I will get into shorter-term entries on these because of one thing, they have relative strength. And you don't find you don't fight the trend of the market. It's that simple. So, no, I'm not aping into prices after huge pumps. That's dumb. But I will consider trading some of these when we get breakouts. And similarly, if I'm buying old coins on massive dips, then I'll look to buy a little bit of Chinese exposure on some dips. It's really that simple. There's no need to overcomplicate it. But always keep in mind time frame when it comes to holding these projects because I don't want anyone aping in at the top and then, you know, in a year's time complaining that their bag's worth zero. It's like, no, this you've got to differentiate time frames between different investments. Narrative-based trading is often shorter time-based trading um you don't trade narratives the same way that you trade long-term accumulation there are narratives that can last long term maybe gmx ends up being a really really good long-term hold even though it's under the perp dex narrative but there's no way to determine that um and you have to use your own discretion to determine what is and what isn't a long-term investment for me china isn't a long-term investment but you've got filecoin now starting to retrace i don't mind filecoin at the 7.8k region um coco's this is one that really pumped if we get a massive pullback Maybe you consider that one as well. Um, of course, you can do it on the pullback or the breakout of Bitcoin, one or the other. Um, you've also got CFX. I think this is probably the most synonymous Chinese coin, but since it's so synonymous with the Chinese narrative, it has also pumped the most. We've seen a huge extension, um, which has resulted in 500 I mean, percent gains, which is like a 6x, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, you've also got VET, more of an like an English side coin, but also has China supply chain ties. So yeah, I just look at a few of these. This is my list. Feel free to screenshot. I also posted this on Twitter. Um, keep an eye on some of these coins. If we get a huge pullback, you can start looking at some of these. A lot of these aren't really ready yet. They just haven't pulled back enough for my liking, or um, there's just not confirmation, and not enough confirmation on Bitcoin for my liking to ape into these. But certainly keep your eye on them. Um, if I am tooting my own horn, I did tweet these a few days ago and a lot of them have forex since i got cocos at like 20 cents um i have been trading some of these but i'm not in like crazy spot positions just more short-term trades um yeah called this like maybe not 20 cents was it i don't know it was like a dollar or something it was when it was way 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 less and i think i got most of these as well on my twitter um so that was a really good call and i'm happy with that but at the same time like we have to stay pragmatic in how we approach this in the future now the next narrative i want to talk about and the last one um, of today's video and then at the end i'm going to get into a, a few questions because i'm sure you guys probably have questions based on what, what i've been talking about 
um, is Gambleify. So I just want to mention Gambleify is something I'm looking at. It's something I'm researching. If you are interested in perp dexes and you also understand the need for similar style on-chain interaction, but in the form of gambling, so not trading, then I would consider not... I mean, you don't need to become an expert, but I would consider at least starting to learn a lot more about this stuff because this is going to be huge in the future. I don't know if it's now, don't know if it's next week or next month. I don't know if it's even in the next six months, but I know at some point we're going to see an on-chain casino which explodes and I'm always keeping my lookout for the one that potentially becomes the next GMX of casinos, right? So I'm not aping into these now, but one, they are quite hot in the short term, to be perfectly honest. And two, long term, there's also potential here. So I'm always looking at potential opportunities in this space. Lewis Cooper is a great guy to follow if you want to keep up to date with this stuff. Um, but I will also, of course, keep you up to date on these shows as well. And the ones that I am seeing right now, of course, you've got Arcadium and JustBet. Um, you know, they're very hyped. I'm waiting for a much bigger pullback on Arcadium. JustBet looks okay. You've got a couple of casinos and Arbitrum. To be honest, nothing looks amazing. So right now, there aren't many great products. You can speculate on the ones that are currently out, but none of them look amazing. You've got bets as well. I would just wait and see what how the space starts to develop. Um, and it's developing very quickly. And then we'll start making some decisions on GambleFi. But look, you can get some short-term exposure if you really, really want to ride this narrative. But at the same time, just note that a lot of these projects are super early stage and long-term, there's going to be much better iterations. But GambleFi, I think, is going to be huge. And this is one that I'm heavily researching and investing as kind of that next rotation after you know what we saw with Perpdexes um, as well. So now that we've talked about some narratives, I, I want to give you some alpha in terms of how to actually trade narratives because you know i I do see a lot of confusion and mix-ups on youtube and twitter about how to approach some of these um some of these you know really strong trends in the market and you know uh, the the word narrative actually has started to annoy me because it's so overused and i feel like i'm saying it all the time and i wish there was a synonym but there's just not really many good synonyms for narrative it's it's one of the limitations of the english language the closest thing i can think of is trend um storyline isn't even really applicable so that i guess what narratives are are trends right so they're really popular topics in the market that gain steam based on either an upcoming catalyst or announcement so in order to take advantage of them because they change a lot and to be honest this is the most volatile i've ever seen the narrative rotation like uh, there's like eight every single week which just pop up out of nowhere so this is actually quite a hard one to to trade at the moment it's a hard game it might sound easy when someone like me comes up here and just talks about narratives, but look, in reality, it is a hard game. We have to accept that. But there are a few simple steps that I boiled down on my Twitter post to help you guys. So firstly, you got to spot that. You, you got to spot an upcoming event or news-based catalyst. So there's two ways you can do this, right? Upcoming major event might be like, oh, the World Cup's in six months. Let's look at fan tokens. It might be as simple as that. Or an upcoming event might be, oh, Polygon's got ZK EVM. Let's look at related ZKVM protocols, all right? Or it can be a news-based catalyst. So, so the major event stuff's preemptive, so you're looking into the future. The news-based catalyst are, is a present strategy. So it's basically, okay, there's huge news that just broke. Um, how can I act mo- most efficiently on that news? For example, like, I don't know, FTX collapses, oh, you know, 10% of the market now um, or, or the trading volume in the market's going to need to go somewhere. Where does it go? I think some goes into DEXs. Let me get into the perp DEXs. And that is one of the reasons why that narrative continued to perform strongly post-FTX. So there's news-based catalyst, which is something happens and you, and you think about, okay, what's the cause and effect? Crypto is all about cause and effect. 
And then there's upcoming events of you look forward into the future and then you backtrack to work out the cause and effect. So there's two ways you can do it. The second one is identifying the related tokens. So that is going, okay, FTX collapse. What are the best DEXs? Or it's going, okay, um, the World Cup's in a few months. What are the best fan tokens? So you can kind of start to look at beneficiaries um, based on current events and catalysts. But also some of the, you really have to be a critical thinker when it comes to beneficiaries because oftentimes it isn't as simple as, oh, Polygon ZKM, Polygon ZKVMs coming out. Let me long Matic. Well, it's not that simple because what actually ended up happening with the ZK stuff was Matic wasn't the one that ran percentage-wise. The ones that ran were the, were the boring ZK protocols that had done nothing for months but now had a reason to run. Like, I guess you could put Mina into that category, Loopring into that category, Syscoin into that category, Dusk into that category, Mute. These protocols that weren't Polygon, they were, they were kind of indirect beneficiaries and they ended up performing very, very strongly. So you have to look a little a step further. Often the best performers are one step removed from what you think will be the best performer. But also don't try and overcomplicate things because narratives in crypto, they have to be easy enough for retail to understand. And if retail understands those narratives, then they're going to act on them. But if it's too complicated for the average trader to invest in, they're going to find it very hard to act on. So there's a fine line between picking a protocol that retail is going to understand as being a beneficiary and trying to get too tricky with yourself um, and trying to predict something that's like five steps removed, like going, oh, Maddox launching. Okay, let me look at a ZK EVM protocol. Oh, but, the, but you know, that's not enough. Let me look at like a ZK layer three protocol that's like building AI or something. Like you just get to try and get too crazy. It's better to be simple with narrative trading, but go one step removed. So I think that's like the, the balance, but each narrative is going to have a different balance, right? Three, look for an uptick in fundamentals. If you, if you want to be early to the narratives, you got to get in during the upticks. So you don't want to be buying in after the huge pumps. You want to be buying in as they're starting to take off or if they've taken off and then they've gotten their first major pullback. Now, uptick in fundamentals isn't necessarily price action. It can be. And of course, I would use everything in conjunction with price action. But looking for an uptick in fundamentals is actually like going on to DeFi Llama and looking at the TVL growth. Going on to June Analytics and looking at the staking deposit growth. Seeing if there's an uptick in trading volume. There's all sorts of tools we can use to look at fundamental data, right? That's the first thing I look at. The second one is social metrics because narratives, that they're called narratives because of how they impact the social side of crypto. So what I mean by this is how much they're being talked about on Twitter. Are they being talked about on TikTok? Are they being talked about on, on Instagram? Now, the easiest way to look at this uptick would be just to go into Luna Crush. Get a Luna Crush account, research the protocol. So once you've done step one and two and you've got the projects, now it's time to look for the uptick in fundamentals and social metrics. So going on to Luna Crush can tell you, okay, is it being talked about? If you've got your ear to the ground and you're like me and you're in a lot of Twitter groups, Twitter lists, Discord groups, you're going to see what's starting to get the buzz. Now, it's important to not get the buzz after everyone's gotten the buzz. And it's important to get the buzz I mean, if you want max gains, of course, like, for example, China right now, everyone's talking about it, but there might still be gains just because it's so hot, right? Similar with AI, everyone was talking about it, but you still got gains because it was so hot. But the gains that you get are less now, except that although you might still be able to make money trading Chinese coins, you're not getting that 10x that you would have gotten a month ago. You're just not. So when I'm talking about narrative trading, I'm talking about being able to find them here. 
So although this may do this, that's only from here a 35% move. Yeah, leverage trading, you can make two, 300%. That's amazing. But, you know, I say only, but if you're trying to catch those big gains, you're better off getting it here um, and finding them early and then looking for that 400% upside instead of just trying to get that last little bit. So although narrative trading, current big narratives can get you this last push up and it maybe even gets you a 5X if you pick the, you know, the smaller projects and follow the rotation from large caps to small caps, it's still better if you identify them early. So that's why Lunar Crush um, is really good because you can see when people start talking about it and you, all you're looking for is a positive development in the trend. You're not looking for this a huge spike because that probably means you've missed it. You're not looking for everyone talking about it. You're not waiting till your whole feed's Mandarin. You're waiting for the event to happen, identifying the beneficiaries, and then seeing a small uptick. And that's often the better time to position yourself in a new narrative. But sometimes it's better, honestly, to miss the first 50% move and I, I and solidify, okay, this actually is going to be a strong narrative than try and speculate on something that isn't. Because you, you can make claims for anything. I can sit here and say, oh, Nia Protocol is the next narrative because it's got this and it's got that and it's got this and they've got a hackathon. And you know that's the next narrative. And it hasn't run. Oh my God, let me get in now because it hasn't run. That might not necessarily work because there's no validation for me that the public's going to adopt this narrative. It's just in my own head, right? So you need some sort of substantive basis in terms of social metrics to work out, okay, this is actually a thing now, let's get in. So sometimes it's better waiting a little bit. You don't want to wait till the end, but you want to wait a little bit to see how things settle. Then fourth is obviously following the large mid-small cap rotation. So large caps run first, mid caps run second, small caps run third. Sometimes small caps front run large caps if it's a super speculative niche, but in general, it does work like this. Even with the AI narrative, it worked like that. With the gaming run, it, run, it worked like that. With the Chinese coins, roughly, it worked like that. Now, CFX and some of these bigger ones went first. Filecoin and some of the bigger ones went first. And the people went, oh, they've already run. How can I still make money? Oh, let's get into small caps. And then some of the small caps started exploding. So even if you've missed a big narrative, you can still... So let's say like you missed AI, right? And, and this was more relevant last week than it is now. But let's say, okay, I've missed the AI narrative. The large caps have run. The mid caps are starting to run. Let me preemptively get into some small caps now. That's an okay way to trade a narrative. Um, if you miss this initial couple steps, um, if you miss this initial bit, then you can trade the rotation. But I think it's always better, um, obviously, in an ideal world to nail these steps and then follow the rotation as well of, of taking profits into some smaller caps as well as stables. Um, that can be a great way to, to take advantage of a narrative. And five is making sure you sell when everyone jumps on the train. When it's all over your feed, take profits. Keep a moon bag. For example, if you got into Chinese altcoins a week ago and you're up 5x, you know, obviously your initial's out now. Obviously you've taken, let's say, 70, 80% of your profits. But keep that 20% in just because, you know, if it keeps running, you never know when it's going to stop. Stay on board the train for another stop. But, you know, drop off some of your luggage along the way, basically. So make sure to sell enough on the way. Um, but, you know, stay on for the ride. And if it all goes to shit um, in that last stop, then it's okay. You still got most of your money out. So make sure you, you are selling when everyone gets super hyped about something. Um, now, of course, it's it's it, it's not a it's not a foolproof game. Um, it's it's extremely it's extremely difficult to contextualize or at least put into practice what some of these like broader pieces of advice are. Like if I'm saying, oh, make sure to sell when everyone jumps on the train. Yeah, I I admit it is hard to know when everyone jumps on the train, right? There's no 
there's no 100% success rate metric which is going to tell you that a narrative's over. There's no there's no success rate. Like there's no 100% thing that tells you China's done, AI's done, LSDs are done. You're you're not going to know until it's actually over till it's over. But the more experience you get trading these trends, the more experience you get on the technical side, so being able to substantiate technical moves with fundamentals, and the more involved you are in these circles, you're going to see when momentum's slowing down. So this is something you get better at over time. So step number five, you're not going to be amazing at right away, but you actually need to play the game to get good at the game. You can't just read the textbook and then ace the test. You know, you need to do some practice tests before you can ace the test. And that is exactly what it's like in crypto. So the only way you're going to know when the time to sell is, is once you're on your fifth narrative and you've gotten really, really, really good at playing the game and then it becomes easier and you're still going to make screw-ups and you're still not going to buy and things are going to pump and you're still going to not take profits and things are going to dump, right? It's still going to happen, but your percentage success rate significantly increases. So that's my crypto narrative trading playbook. Feel free to take a screenshot. I hope it helps. And of course, there's much nuance that goes in between each of these steps, but I think it is relevant um, you know, for a lot of people to help you guys trade some of these narratives. Now, since a lot of these altcoins aren't actually on centralized exchanges that I just talked about, some are, some aren't. You can use KyberSwap, um, which is a, an amazing DEX aggregator, which is going to find you the lowest fees. So for example, GNS isn't on every exchange. MPX isn't on every exchange. Um, so you can simply go into the chain that you want to get a token on, click on that chain. So for example, Arbitrum, I want to put USDC into GNS. What it's going to do is it's going to find the cheapest trade route. So it's going from staked ETH into wrapped ETH into GNS using Balancer and Uniswap because it worked out if I use this route, you know, I'm going to save you some money. I'm going to just save you six cents in this case, but in some cases it's up to like $20, $30, especially if it's on Ethereum where gas is super high. I'm going to just reroute it. See how quickly it rerouted? Every single second it works out. Actually, no, now this is the cheapest um, price. Now this is the cheapest price. So it's going to give you the best rate at any given time, which is why I really, really like KyberSwap. And obviously they are a show sponsor now, which um, I'm really happy about. So link in the description. If you want to use KyberSwap, it's also kyberswap.com. If you want to swap anything on a DEX, because we have great centralized options, of course, Bybit, BitGet um, and OKX, but you're not always going to have the option to to trade some of these altcoins. So if you do need a DEX to do it, um, KyberSwap's a great DEX to do so. And there's obviously a link in the description to that, as well as OKX for your mystery box and BitGet and Bybit for the Rolex giveaways. Let me answer some questions now in the comments to, yeah, just wrap up this show. Not financial advice, of course, 100%. None of this is financial advice. It is, um, it's actually, and maybe you're being sarcastic, but I'm not, um, it's more so to kind of point you guys in the, in the mindset to become a better trader and a better investor. Uh, and no, any given call in this video, I can't be 100% sure of. I think if anyone tells themselves they're 100% sure of a trade, they're kidding themselves. All we can do is get enough experience to have a higher percentage hit rate that over time makes you money. And that's really what this game's about. It's about EV, taking uh, positive expected value trades. And if they pan out, you make money. If they don't, they don't. But if you take enough plus EV trades over time, you're going to make money. Uh, let's go after more. Uh, let's see what other people are asking. Drop any questions if you want. Hong Kong narrative next. Lena IMO. I saw a great tweet which had a lot of Hong Kong things. Um, there are some Hong Kong... Yeah, because Hong Kong is legalizing crypto, obviously. There are some tokens that may get Hong Kong listings before others. 
But yeah, I wouldn't say it's next. I'd say it's already they're already kind of running, you know, quite a lot. Um, someone said Avax Rune or Sol. Chart wise, Sol I think is the more immediate long. Um, long term, Sol is probably my favorite hold there. Uh, followed by, I, I'm not fading Rune and I'm not fading Avax, but probably more so Rune than Avax. But look, if you're gonna build a long term L1 portfolio, you can have both. Like, really, it's not a question of which one should I choose, but more of a question of, you know, how do I allocate? Because um, definitely, you know, AVAX is starting to tick up a little bit. They had their Amazon partnership, $22 still a key region for AVAX. And then obviously Solana, probably the better short-term trade. But to be honest, pri- risk-reward-wise, I prefer Sol. That's just personal though. Like I think all of them can, you know, be decent, right? Um, solidly forks, thoughts. Well, if you go on to DeFi Llama um, and you go on to DeFi and then click forks, so this is a little bit of a tip for you. And then you click solidly. And obviously you've got forks of basically every big dap. You know, you're going to see some of the forks that are, that are starting to gain traction. Now, which ones do I like? Equal and Thena are my favorite. So these are the two that I'd look at. They're actually on my accumulation list. I didn't talk about them today just because I just don't think I'm ready to accumulate them. But I'm looking at Equal. I'm looking at Thena. Um, Velodrome looks okay, but I'm not sold. That's an optimism. And there's also a few other ones which are starting to tick up. Like this one, I've never heard of it. But look, over the last um, month, it's gone up 440%. Over the last day, it's up 84%. So sometimes I think a good thing to do, and I'll actually look at this after the show because this is how I research, is go into DeFi Llama, see what's ticking up. Oh my God, this trend just like has completely broken out or completely shown a huge uptick. What's going on here? Let me work out what's going on. So that might be an indication to further research. But of course, like it's only got $12,000. So the percentages are skewed. So, you know, I might look at something like Arkley or Spartacus. I don't know. Like I'm just naming random protocols. They're likely shit coins. But the 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 whole um, point of using DeFi Llamas to like spot new trends, right? But I think Equalizer, Dana, probably the two best there. People are asking about Gala. Uh, let me just give you a TA perspective first. Obviously, fundamentally, long-term, I like it. Has a, It's fairly dilutive, so it's not like something I'm buying now. More something I'll look probably Q3, Q4, maybe in line with my macro thesis. Um, I'll, I'll long-term spot accumulate Gala. Uh, in terms of a short-term trade, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that interested right now, just price-wise, but I think long-term, it's good. I will definitely buy it at some point. It's just not, not right now. Personally, it doesn't mean you shouldn't. It's up to you, of course, but... Uh, and and your your thesis, but for me, uh, prefer to play play into the strength here, and prefer to do my long term spot buys later on after we see a massive correction. Long term buying spot into resistance is like dumb. Long term trading on breakouts. I'm oh, sorry, short term trading on breakouts smart. Long term, um, long term buying spot into resistance slash on a breakout is dumb. Like you're better off waiting for a massive pullback. Much love, Joby. Thanks for hanging out. You, you, you're you a regular over here, which is cool. Zill, Singapore. Yes, it is. I'm not a fan of it fundamentally. I know Sheldon loves to chart the thing, but uh, I can't give you an opinion on it fundamentally, to be honest, because I just don't really get it. It's just another L1. And there's like seems to be like a million L1s now that continuously pop up. Um, also, remember, if you want to keep yourself safe in terms of trading, because if you're going to use DeFi, you need to be safe. And to be honest, I wouldn't tell you to do this, but if you're in a country that doesn't allow certain exchanges uh, a vpn can help but obviously you know never never ever ever break the law um but if you do want to trade on a dex you do have nord vpn link in the description six dollars a month to protect your identity 
is not a bad deal. Like, let's be honest with each other. $6 to protect thousands of dollars in your wallet is not a bad deal at all. Um, also, you can watch some cool movies from overseas. That's actually, to be honest, like, I go on about this, the DeFi security stuff, but probably the coolest part of a VPN is getting to watch movies overseas. Like, let's, let's be honest. But anyway, it's going to keep you safe in DeFi. That's like, we got to follow the script. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brad, it is good. It's good. Um, like, you've got Surfshark as well, but I think Nord... Nord is probably um, probably my favorite. All right, guys. Well, until we get a huge move from Bitcoin here, um, I'm going to head off, but I'll see you tomorrow for a show with Michael Kong, the CEO of Phantom. That's going to be awesome. So for all you Phantom guys and girls, hopefully you like that show. It's going to give a lot of, I think, insight into what is happening with the upcoming FVM in Q3. So I'll see you in 24 hours. Um, until then, I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely day, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace out.